Good morning, everyone. Welcome and happy New Year's Eve. Um, though the Advent season formally closed last Sunday, we continue to celebrate and remember not only that Christ came, but also that he comes to us each and every day, including today. Um, and together we wait with anticipation for the second Advent when Jesus will arrive again to recreate everything, um, to make all things new and to make all things right. Um, our call to worship today comes from Psalm 65.8. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders, where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. Um, if you are able, please at this time stand with us as we sing. my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds his hands his feet my Savior on
praise the name of the last time. simple song, simple worship, um, but just songs sung from our hearts.
Um, and let us make this our prayer, especially the last two stanzas that start with, Yes, Lord. Fling wide, reach out, open up, hear now, make room for me to dwell. Widen the walls, loosen the grasp, broaden the borders, don't hold back. Make room for me to dwell. This place is too narrow for you. It's crowded, tiny, tight, cramped and constricted, blocking out the light. Make room for me to dwell. No more narrow thinking, narrow dreaming, narrow living. No more holding back or shrinking down or playing it safe. You are invited, my child, to a wide open space. Make room for me to dwell. Yes, Lord, enlarge the capacity of my heart. Explode my narrow habitation. Expand the space for more life, more love. Extend my limited vision. Make room for me to dwell. Yes, Lord. Unfold and unfurl, unleash and increase, break down, break through, break free, and make room to dwell in me. Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your law, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. Amen. Since we receive true peace from Christ, we do a proclamation here at our church every Sunday that's called Passing the Peace. Uh, and since today is New Year's, if you could say to your neighbor, 
the peace of Christ in you, to you, and Happy New Year's. Maybe you can be seated. Uh, good morning for those who I haven't had the privilege of meeting yet. My name is Chris. Um, GCCC recently hired me to join the pastoral staff uh, in September. Uh, and so uh, we moved here. Uh, we moved about seven minutes down the road here in Arlington. Uh, and we've been serving at this site ever since. Uh, just a quick note, we might run out of, of space. Uh, so we want to encourage those without families uh, if you can, if you can take heart, be brave, and sit in these two front front rows, <laughs> you know this is this is not the walk of shame, where where you're like in trouble and walking up to the front, but uh, just so that we can have room, leave room for for families later coming in, uh, that'll be really helpful. Thank you. Uh, if if you uh, thank you, th- okay, nice. Shout out to okay. Look at these brave souls. Uh, also, if you guys didn't know, uh, we're having a New Year's party uh, right after service. This is, our, uh, this is our stage and our dance floor right here. So if you guys didn't know, that's the kind of service you're at. This is the kind of service you're at. Uh, but welcome to uh, Sunday service uh, and our, our New Year's Eve service as well uh, as we get to welcome in the new year together. Uh, just a quick things for our, our community sharing. Uh, we will be having and resuming our Tuesday night prayers. Uh, and so these these have been uh, really powerful times when when I've I've kind of like jostled myself from like that that oh, it's it's Zoom prayer kind of thing. But when I actually like enter in with that intentionality, I I found it to be just really powerful times of just meeting with the Lord. Uh, and so really want to encourage you uh, every every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. You can find our Zoom link uh, on our website. Uh, also, speaking of prayer, uh, we have the first of the watch in the new year. The watch is in-person prayer, uh, and that's next Sunday, right after service, uh, here at the Doubletree from, from 2 to 3.30 p.m. Uh, and so uh, we're going to be praying in the new year together. We're going to be seeking the Lord, uh, seeing just what he has for us, waiting on him, uh, and just celebrating and just worshiping together. Uh, and so... We want to encourage you to come uh, for those coming to service. Grab a quick meal uh, af- after Sunday uh, and then come here and join us as we just seek the Lord together. Uh, the next is we have an awesome opportunity uh, to really just learn more about how to read the word and just just mine and dig and find those gold nuggets uh, just just do that better. Uh, and so Pastor Erica is teaching a class, uh, um, and I believe we have a video where she shares a little bit about it. Hi, Grace Mission Community Church. I wanted to invite you to join me in January for our Meditating Day and Night class. If you find reading the Bible boring, confusing, or even frustrating, this class is for you. The Bible talks about reading the Bible as being a daily ritual, something that you look forward to every morning and every evening. And reading the Bible is supposed to be life-giving, 
fruitful and exciting. Psalm 1 describes someone who reads the Bible being like a tree planted by a lush stream. This person is constantly growing and producing fruit. This is the way Jesus viewed reading his Bible. He was excited to read it and he knew it intimately. If that's not your relationship with reading the Bible, this class is for you. We will meet every other Sunday night from January through mid-March, and we'll just wrestle through the Bible together. We'll create a safe space where you can ask questions, and we'll learn some practical skills that should hopefully make you fall in love with reading the Bible for the first time or all over again. We'll begin January 14th, so please sign up online. So I highly encourage you guys uh, to go and check out that class. Uh, last but not least, our holiday giving, or not holiday, it was kind of hard holiday giving, but our year-end giving is ending today. So if, if you feel and you've always wanted to, hey, like I really want to really give to what God is doing here in our church and through our church, um, we want to invite you to prayerfully consider just giving. Uh, you can find... We have many different giving options online, and so you can find that info uh, on our website. Uh, and at our church, we don't have a, a traditional time of, of offering. Uh, we just ask that you go and, and just prayerfully consider it at home, uh, and, you know, it's between you and the Lord. But uh, let me say a prayer of offering for us, and then we'll go into the Word of God. Uh, God, thank you. Um, that you've called us uh, to be a people who are blessed and a people who are called to bless others. God, thank you that you've used this church in so many mighty ways here in this local area, but also around the world. God, we pray that you would continue to use what you have given us and magnify and multiply and enlarge what you have given us, God, to make a greater impact into your kingdom so that the nations would come to know you. God, come and use us, use our, our time and our energy and our finances for your kingdom, Lord. Come and be with us today. God, may your spirit just be here, just working and moving in our midst. We invite you here. God, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, so today, uh, I have the privilege of sharing with you the word of God. Uh, and it's it's our New Year service. And so... Uh, I don't know how you guys feel uh, about about New Year's. Right? I don't know if some of you are like, man, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for for new things, for big things, for for breakthroughs are coming this year, changes are coming this year. And you're like, I'm gonna read more books. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna go seek my mental well-being and and all these like big changes. Or uh, you're you're kind of like me, and you're kind of like. You kind of see it like birthdays, right? It's, it's like, God, it's, it's another year. Uh, nothing, nothing really changes, right? It's, it's like another year comes and goes. The only thing that changes is, is the date, which takes like two months for you to like fix and remember that it's 2024. But uh, if, if you're kind of like, like me, I don't know. When, when, I, when I think about that, I'm, I'm kind of sad because I think when I was younger, like, I didn't think like that, 
right? When I was younger, I was like, man, change can happen. And not only can it happen, it can last. But I think, I feel like as I get older, I don't know, I've become like slightly like nihilistic, you know? And I'm like, ah, nothing, nothing really changes. Uh, and so uh, I know that might be discouraging. You're like, it, didn't GCC just hire him? <laughs> But I'm, I'm, I'm hoping and praying today that as we look at the Word of God, um, I'm praying this for myself, that I'll find my own heart change, and hopefully your heart change, that you would hope once again that God indeed can and will do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. Uh, and so... Uh, as we enter in today, we're going to be in Isaiah 43. Uh, and I feel like we've, we've been in like a slight, like, we didn't do it on purpose, but we've been in like slight Isaiah series. Like, like Pastor Caro, Pastor Steve preached on it, uh, Pastor Erica last week, even our little, our, our, our little poem, which that was some powerful poem. Like, w- once you guys see the message, it's like, was this poem, did, did they plan this? God planned it for sure. But, like, there's, like, Isaiah passage. So I feel like we've been in kind of, like, a mini Isaiah series. But um, Isaiah uh, is awesome for a lot of reasons. But it's unique in that it's written to three different people at, at three different times. And so chapters 1 through 39 is written to people who, uh, before they went into exile, uh, 40 through 54, 55 are people in exile, and then 56 through 66 is people who've returned from exile. And so for us in Isaiah 43, that means Isaiah is primarily addressing the Israelites who are currently in exile. And so I think to understand our passage, we have to explore a little bit background of hey, why were they in exile? So if you, if you remember last few weeks when, when Pastor Carl, Pastor Steve preached that the Israelites had been practicing empty worship, that they've been just simply religious, that they've been doing the religious motions, but they were ignoring the fatherless, the widowed, the most vulnerable. And then Pastor Erica preached last week and mentioned how Ahaz, King Ahaz, chose to trust other kings for salvation versus trusting in God. So both of these things, ignoring the vulnerable and trusting in foreign kings, revealed that in their heart of hearts, they really didn't believe and trust God. In Christian terms, we call that idolatry, trusting in anything else other than God. And so God's judgment came. Babylon attacked Jerusalem in 588, and it fell shortly two years after. And Babylon forcibly moved people, a big portion of the Israelites, to Babylon. And so for the Judeans, Jerusalem falling was unthinkable. In the ancient Near East, although people believed in a pantheon of gods, usually they had a supreme national god. Like for the Canaanites... They had Baal, the Assyrians had Asher, and the Babylonians had Marduk. And so victories in warfare were attributed to their god being stronger. 
So for the Judeans, they were confident because they had the supreme God, right? The one who was before creation, the one who created and formed everything. And he was their God, and he resided in the temple in Jerusalem. But Jerusalem did fall, and the temple was destroyed. And so the people likely thought, is God not as powerful as we thought? Is he not who he claims to be? Are his promises to us that we will be a blessing to the nations, that from the line of David there will be a ruler that will rule forever? Are those promises now void? So with that in mind, the people being in exile, probably wondering how they got there, probably feeling stuck and hopeless, they heard God's word to them through the prophet Isaiah. And just for context, I'll read the very end of chapter 42. So if you're following along, I'll start reading from chapter 42, verse 24. This is the word of God. Who gave up Jacob to the looter? And Israel to the plunderers. Was it not the Lord against whom we have sinned, in whose ways they would not walk, and whose law they would not obey? So he poured on him the heat of his anger and the might of battle. It set him on fire all around, but he did not understand. It burned him up, but he did not take it to heart. And so Isaiah here is reiterating that it was because of the people's sin that God's judgment came. And he's saying that after, even after judgment came, the people still didn't understand and still didn't take it to heart. Now we know from other texts that not everyone was hard-hearted. Like we remember Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and, and they were faithful. But God doesn't just work in the individual's life. His work of salvation was and is always for his collective people. And as a collective people, judgment came and they were still hard-hearted. They continued to trust in other things, not God. And as I continue on in reading chapter 43, I want to invite you to listen for repeated words and themes. That during biblical times, scripture was largely an oral tradition. And so writers would strategically repeat things and structure things to emphasize main points. And so we begin in 43. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and all the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar, and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, 
whom I formed and made. Bring out the people who are blind yet have eyes, who are deaf yet have ears. All the nations gather together and the peoples assemble. Who among them can declare this and show us the former things? Let them bring their witnesses to prove them right and let them hear and say it is true. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. I, I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. I declared and saved and proclaimed when there was no strange God among you. And you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and I am God. Also henceforth I am he. There is none who can deliver from my hand. I work, and who can turn it back? 14. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I send to Babylon and bring them all down as fugitives, even the Chaldeans in the ships in which they rejoice. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. And we'll end there. And so a quick summary, God's people stopped trusting in him and were evil. And so his judgment came. And after his judgment came, their hearts were still hard. And he tells them what? He tells them, that he's doing a new thing to redeem them because he's their God and because he loves them. And we'll be jumping around a bit in this passage, mainly because prophetic literature isn't usually structured chronologically but thematically. And so the question for us, why would God be doing a new thing in them? And throughout these short 21 verses, you probably picked up on some repeated words and themes. The thrust is God's total otherness, that he's the creator, the holy one, that there is no one like him. Besides him, there is no savior. And yet, the one who is totally other than is saying, you are my people, and I am your God, your savior. So let's look more closely at it in verses 1 through 7. And sh I just want to say a shout out to my wife, Christine, for pointing out that these passages have a chiastic structure. And so chiasm is a poetic structure, and the word comes from the Greek letter chi, which is like an X. And so the structure is parallel ideas on the outside moving in, and usually the middle is the emphasis. So in verses 1 through 7, you'll see he who created you slash he who formed you in verses 1 and 7. And then in verses 1b and verse 5, fear not. And finally in the middle, 
you see parallel ideas of exchanging life for life. Now, some commentators take that to mean God allowing Cyrus of Persia to take over Egypt and the surrounding land in exchange for freeing his people. But most read it as more poetic, that God is simply saying that he would pay a high price for his people. But the central ideas in our chiastic structure is in verse 3 and verse 5. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. And so the God who is the creator tells the people who are in exile that he will bring them back. Why? Simply because he is their God, precious to him, honored by him, and loved by him. So God's people worshipped idols, did evil, got punished for it, didn't turn from their ways. They're probably still presently doubting if God is as powerful as he is or that he even exists. And God is like, I'm redeeming you because I love you. That's, that's crazy. And so my first point is, God created you and he loves you. And when people say, how come the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament are so different? Right? Show, them, show them this passage. God is doing a new work in them simply because he is God and simply because he loves his people. The people, again, it's not like the people repented, turned other ways, were, were good towards God. And so God is like, okay, now I'm going to redeem you. They weren't. They were hard-hearted, and God is like, I'm going to redeem you simply because I love you. So for us, if there's anyone here who believes that God doesn't want anything to do with you or isn't going to work in your life or do good for you because maybe 2023 was, was a bad year. It was, it was a bad year for you and God. Maybe... It wasn't that intimate. Maybe you weren't following him to the, the degree in which you wanted, in which you liked. Maybe you didn't prioritize God. Like, it wasn't really intimate. And you can honestly say you weren't living in a way that reflected trusting in him. May the reality of God's love for you wash away the lies that say, he doesn't care for you, or he's done with you, or he's waiting until you get your act together before he pours out his love on you. You are precious to him, and that is why God will continue to do new things of redemption in your life. Now, what did that new thing God was doing to his people in exile look like? And we're going to jump to verses 16 through 21. And so verses 16, God makes a direct reference to the Red Sea. Now, this was an impossible, miraculous miracle that the people held on to. This is something they remember that only God, the creator of the heavens and earth, could do. And then verse 18, it's interesting. He tells them, remember not the former things, which is interesting because everywhere in the Bible, God calls his people to remember 
So why here are they, why is God saying, remember not the former things? And to understand that, we see it, we have to see it in its specific context. In verse 19, it says, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, I believe God is saying, don't expect me to work and do things like I did them before. That the Red Sea was awesome, but I am doing a new thing. Something really outside the box. Now, from our passage alone, but also seeing the entirety of Isaiah, we know that this prophecy was twofold. So first, God is saying that he is doing something in the present day. He didn't say, behold, I will do a new thing in the future. But he's saying, behold, I am doing a new thing presently. Now, we see that when God said in verses 5 through 6 that he will bring his people back from exile. We saw it in verse 2 that when they go through hardships, that they won't be overwhelmed. Verse 14, God pronounces judgment on Babylon that they will be fugitives. And later on in chapter 45, we see that God would use Cyrus as his judgment or as his instrument to bring them back from exile. That's outside the box, new thing kind of salvation. That God destroyed his city and his temple moving, deporting his people to a pagan nation and then using another pagan ruler to be the means by which his people are redeemed. Is, is that allowed? Is that allowed? <laughs> using pagan nations, pagan rulers as his means of salvation? I think God did that to break the box that his people placed him in the boundaries in which they thought God operates. That they've experienced God using four nations as his judgment before, Assyria, Babylon. But to destroy his city and temple and use them as his means of redemption, God is saying, yeah, I'm God. Just a quick side note. God's work was something tangible that could be felt, smelled, and experienced. I think oftentimes, Believers who are more well-off, and that's, that's most of our, our congregation here, most of our worries are at the top level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right? And sometimes we restrict God to doing work in the realm of, of giving us peace of mind or, or changing our hearts, like internal mind and heart things, which he does do those things. But this passage specifically points out that God is also the God of all things. Even tangible things that we can see and hear and feel. Now, the second part of that prophecy is that even though God said that he is doing a new thing, we know it also to mean a new thing and bring new heavens and new earth. The language of making a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert is also seen in Ezekiel and Revelation to mean New Jerusalem, whose water will bring life everywhere it touches. And throughout Isaiah, God is telling his people about his future kingdom. 
And specifically, in that last section of chapters 56 through 66, the message to the people who finally return from exile is to not stop trusting and hoping that after they receive the first promise, but to keep trusting and hoping, keeping justice and righteousness until the eternal promise. And this is my second point. God is working to save you now and forevermore. Now, for us, I believe this message is still for us today, that God is doing a new thing in our lives in the present day until we're with him forever, that the psalmist says that God does not sleep or slumber. Zephaniah says, every morning he brings justice to light. He does not fail. And in John, when Jesus responds to the Jews persecuting him for healing on the Sabbath, he says, my father is working until now, and I am working. And so God is working right now. And he is not confined to how we've seen and known him to work before. Now, theologian John Oswalt wrote, the only thing he is bound by is his own consistent nature. Consistent, yes. Predictable, never. To us fearful humans, frantic to control our little worlds, such a picture is frightening. It means letting go of the familiar and casting ourselves into arms we cannot see, yet believing on the basis of the word of God and the testimony of those who have gone before that the arms are there, stronger and more loving than anything we could ever imagine on our own. Now, this new year in 2024, we can expect God-capable, God-sized, out-of-the-box, life-giving, redemptive acts. Now, lastly, we jump backwards to verses 8 through 13. Now, twice... God says that his people are his witnesses. And this is my last point, that God has chosen you to be his witnesses. Now, what are the people witnessing to? Verses 10 and 12, that there is no other God. Verses 11 and 13, oh, wait, wait, 10 and 12, that, oh, yes, it is. 11, 13, that there is no other Savior. God is not only doing a work because he loves his people, that they would be his witnesses. Now, God's desire from the very beginning, from the Abrahamic promise, was that his people would be a blessing to the nations. So for us, it's a privilege to experience and to desire for God's work in our lives. But man, is it awesome to share about it with others and have them experience it as well. I was so blessed by the testimony that our intern shared at our mission Sunday. Uh, I, might, I might butcher the story, so you, you, you have to ask them the, the order of events. Uh, but they've been getting to know uh, a neighbor who lives in their building. Uh, and as they've been getting to know her, she shared that she's been having health complications. And they offered to pray for her. And God answered and healed her. And for her, her response was, your God 
answers your prayers. And so she shared even more prayer requests. And they've been praying for her. And God's been answering those prayer requests. And so for them, they've been telling her, hey, this God, his name, he has a name. And he loves you and he knows you. And he's the means by which you are saved. That's all inspiring. And as we witness, I'm praying and believing in faith this new year that we'll be hearing so many more of these God stories. Not of, of faraway people who we don't know. And those, those stories are awesome and powerful. But I'm praying and believing in faith that we'll hear many more of those God stories right here in our own community. promise Carl to keep it short because he was like, hey, it's, 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 a, it's a joint service uh, and, and we, have, we have kids. And so I, I cut down the sermon by like 15 minutes. Uh, and so uh, I just want to invite the, the, the worship team to come up. Uh, if, if you're sitting here today, uh, and as I was sharing, maybe 2023, you didn't feel too great about it in terms of you and just your relationship with God. We're going to take like, like 30 seconds, and I'm going to pray that the Spirit of God himself would reveal his love and his intentions for you. That he would wash away whatever lies that the enemy has spoken that says that you have to get right before you are to receive that love. God, I pray for the people here that God that your amazing grace would wash over them once more. That before they could even do anything, they are precious to you. And you declare over them, I love you. So God, may your grace wash over them once again. Draw them to that place. And if you feel comfortable, uh, I want to invite you to lay a hand uh, on someone next to you. Uh, for kids, if, if your parents are here, go and find your parents. And lay a hand on them and, and pray for them. And again, if you're comfortable, pray so that they can hear you. But pray, God, would you expand and break down, break down whatever box that they have put you in. Break down whatever box that mom has put you in, that dad has put you in, over what you're capable of doing. God, would you expand, God, their understanding and faith 
of what you're able to do. And so let's spend like a minute like that uh, and pray for the people next to you. still praying, please continue to pray. Uh, but if, you, if you're done, you can let the hands go. Lastly, let's pray for someone in your immediate circle who does not know the Lord and who can use a miraculous touch from Him. Like a miraculous touch like Isaiah is saying that they can all but, but attest that only God saves. And so let's take another minute and let's, let's pray for that person in our lives that they would experience God powerfully in this way. Let's pray. thank you that you said to your people so long ago but to us today that behold you're doing a new thing in our lives and God I thank you that we didn't have to be good we didn't have to be holy we didn't have to be righteous we didn't have to come before you because because again we were so good this year but thank you that it's purely out of your love for us that you're doing a new thing in our lives, that you're working redemption in our lives here and today. God, I pray for us that sorry we apologize and we repent and we confess that we've confined you into a box, into how you can operate the things that you can do, the changes that you can make, the lasting change that you can make. God, I pray that today that you would soften hearts, that you would quicken dead hearts to life. That God, that you remove whatever boundaries and bonds that we have placed around you and how you can work and how you can operate. God, come and remove those here today. And God, I pray, God, that we ourselves would be recipients of experience so much of your miracles in our lives. God, we want to taste and see more of you. We want to know more and more deeply rooted that you are the only one who is mighty to save. 
And God, we pray that not only we would see it. God, give us the courage and the zeal to be witnesses to you. That those around us, God, would also see it. They would also know it. Would also come to believe it themselves. God, we pray that us as a church, you would come and work in us, work in our lives, work in the lives of the people around us. God, thank you again, God, for your love for us. God, the work that you're all about doing. God, thank you. We praise you. We bless your name today. God, in Jesus' mighty name we pray. be continuing our time of corporate prayer. Um, Please pray with me, and um, as I am praying, every few sentences, I am going to say, God of power and might, you are holy, holy, holy. Um, And when I say this, um, please say to God, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Um, Let's pray. Jesus, we come before you this morning, surrendering 2023 to you as it closes. We choose this morning to give you all the glory, for you alone are worthy of it. We choose to praise your name forever. You are a good and faithful God through it all, the good and the ugly, through despair and victory. You are Alpha and Omega, beginning and end, maker of heaven and earth, and the one that came and comes and is coming again to your people. God of power and might, you are holy, holy, holy. Jesus, we come before you this morning, surrendering 2024 as it begins. We know even before this new year has begun that we have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We confess that we are often divided, consumed by pride, idolatry, greed, racism, lust, violence, self-righteousness. Lord, forgive us. God of power and might, you are holy, holy, holy. Jesus, we commit to you this morning not only our need for a Savior, but the world's need for a Savior. We lift up our gospel partners in all the hard places, whether under persecution, under war, or with a lack of resources, reaching the least reached. We pray that you reveal yourself to those who do not know your name. We pray that people in our own spheres of influence and throughout the nations would seek you and be found so that praise continues to flow from your creation. God of power and might, you are holy, holy, holy. Jesus, we 
Jesus, we know you see the brokenness of the world around us and the brokenness within us. Thank you for coming 2,000 years ago, breaking into our brokenness and setting up a new kingdom, providing a new way, a new hope, and a new peace. We live in the tension of the now and not yet. So until you return, we ask for the strength of your Holy Spirit to help us to keep your commands, to live in truth, to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with you. God of power and might, you are holy, holy, holy. In your son's name, we pray all of this. Amen. us to stand. We're going to continue to respond to God's word and his presence and his spirit. Uh, before we do that, let's read the Apostles' Creed together, reminding one another of our faith in just the God that we just heard about through Chris. Uh, let's recite this together. I believe in God. continue to respond through singing and we'll have communion together. Um, I was reading something this past week and just kind of thinking about how we change and I think most of us want to grow and change and I think oftentimes we think about you know, I want to change individually and I want to change sort of my, my motivation, which are good things, uh, but if you think about the early church, I think change, their, their sort of spirituality was much more communal and habitual, they gather habitually to worship and pray. And so this is important time, even as we think about our own personal life, like doing this communally, habitually. Uh, I think it, it presses God into our lives. And so as we respond, let's come to the table remembering again um, what He did for us, accomplished for us. And, and through this, whether it's a drastic change or, or incremental change, God's Spirit will move and change us. But we'll respond through songs. We'll respond through taking communion. And if you'd like to receive prayer, we'll have some leaders up in the front just to pray with you. As we think about 2023 and as we look forward to 2024, maybe there are just things that's on your mind and your heart that you just want someone to pray for you. We'll have um, our leaders up here and just come up and receive prayer and pray together. Let me uh, present the communion uh, elements to us at this time. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Drink from it for the forgiveness of your sins. 
So whenever you're ready, please come up here, and then there's another station in the back. Let's uh, lead, remember Christ at this time.
Open up my eyes and 
yourself with your love and your power.
30 seconds to say a prayer as we look forward to 2024. And maybe it could just be a simple praise, like all glory to Christ. Oh God, in my life be glorified as I move into 2024. I'll just give us 30 seconds to do that, and, and I'll say a prayer as we close our time. God, we are so thankful for who you are, your love for us, your mercy that never ends, your grace that covers over multitudes of sins. Lord, we're, we're thankful that our life, uh, even year 2024, uh, doesn't depend on us, but you're a God who goes before us, you're a God who goes with us. And so as we step into this new year, we surrender 2023, all the shame and burdens and baggage that we've carried, Lord, we surrender that to you, our Heavenly Father. As we step into this new year, oh God, we want to bless you. We want our life to be more about you. And so align our hearts together as your people that we might walk into the things that you have for us. Lord, give us eyes and ears and hearts that are attentive to you and how you're leading and what you're saying to us. We want to be a pure bride. We want to be your child. We want to follow you. We want to adore you. We want to fall in love with you again. You are more precious than silver, more beautiful than gold. So our hearts are open as we enter this new year. Oh, God, we pray that you would lead us. Again, we surrender perhaps all the worries and the things that, that we are already thinking about to you. Uh, Lord, help us to just follow you well, walk with you this year. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of our Heavenly Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon you as you enter your 2024 and beyond. Amen. 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 Um, thanks for coming today. Have a great, I guess, week, 2024. I'm going to just remind our Tyson's folks and our, our Arlington folks, our New Year resolution together is to come early 15 minutes. All right? That's our New Year, to get, New Year resolution together, all right? Can I get an amen there? All right, so we'll see you next Sunday. Thank you.